gets very clear to me. What I say last hour, Darren, I see things before everybody else and everybody calls me crazy. And then what I say comes to fruition and nobody comes back and apologizes and goes, yeah, you were right. How about that? Like, I mean, nobody. But I'm used to it. I don't get upset about it anymore. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Nope. Over that. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Yeah. Daytime sports talk, or as I just tweeted, refreshing sports talk. It's not the same gobbledygook that you're getting in your local market. We have a lot of fun here. We very clearly don't take ourselves very seriously. And I'm in a very rainy South Florida right now. Darren Moose DuPont is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where... Uh, did you get your ears lowered today? Was that this morning, or are you doing that this afternoon? What's up? Yeah, just got them lowered about, you know, two hours ago. So uh, fresh and ready for the day. Feeling, uh, feeling lighter, I'm sure. I got my hair cut yesterday. Thanks for noticing, Moose, from my gal, oh, Melissa. Uh, she's in our club, and she's really cool, and it was nice, and uh, away we go. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Uh, tuna. Director Tuna today, and we'll get... Yes. I'll tell you this. The guests are Mo Egger from ESPN Cincinnati. I assume they survived uh, the Cincinnati radio surviving Thanksgiving and turkeys dropping out of the sky. Mo Egger will be with us in hour one talking about the Bengals who astonishingly are winning without Joe Burrow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it either. And coming up in hour two, a late ad. Thank you to our guy Jason Greger from... Sports 1440 Radio in Edmonton. Jason Greger will join us to talk one of the hottest teams in the NHL. And Darren, if you'll allow me, that is our poll question. Let's get to it right out of the gate. For Key Auto Group, we do it every day. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence, knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. Producer Clark came up with this question. Who is the best NHL team in Canada? Initially, we were going to say, what's the best NHL team, period. But Clark came up with the Canadian twist. And your options are the hottest teams in Canada right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets, or Vancouver Canucks. And while you take a second to munch on that and mull it over, I'll just talk about the leftovers. Because we've got breaking news from the NHL that we'll get to after that. Big hockey day today on the RP Show. Just going to let everybody know about that, other than we've got some interesting news about the agent for Tommy DeVito and how it pertains to this show. So stick around, New York Giants fans and NFL fans. That's coming down the pipe, too. But a big night for Toronto forward Austin Matthews in a 7-3 Leafs win over the New York Rangers at MSG. He scored twice and added two assists. Mitch Marner also scored a pair for the visiting Leafs. Elsewhere, Carolina scored three times in the second period in a 4-1 victory over the Sins. And some of the other games on the scoreboard, Seattle blanked the Florida Panthers 4-0. Tampa Bay Lightning lost in Vancouver 4-1. Serena and I are recording our Cats and Bolts podcast later on this afternoon, so I won't bore you people with the Florida and Tampa Bay NHL talk. Oilers beat Chicago 4-1. Kanabarad scored the lone goal for the Blackhawks. It's just like when he was with the Pats. If Connor doesn't score, nobody does. And uh, San Jose beat Winnipeg 2-1. 
in San Jose, we learned Kyle, uh, Kyle Connor is going to be out six to eight weeks for the Jets with the knee injury. And did I, did I mention Vegas beat Calgary in overtime 5-4? So those are the scores from last night. Um, I, I, I want to ask you this. I mentioned in my commentary today something that I had mentioned on this show yesterday. The Leafs play only as hard as they have to. I watched that game last night, and I'm assuming you did. I would think you were on the edge of your seat. It ended up 7-3, but it was a way closer game than that, I felt. Right? Like, they, the Rangers just wouldn't go away. And to be honest, I thought maybe the Leafs were going to blow this around the middle, period of the sec, uh, middle part of the second period. But my point, Darren, is that when I say the Leafs only play as hard as they have to, I still think that's the case. It's not a criticism necessarily but i had a leafs fan write me and say you're right but when they run up against a heavy team like the vegas golden knights they're gonna lose and i'm like yeah i didn't say they're gonna win the stanley cup what i'm saying is they're very good and they only work as hard as they have to they don't play the same type of style as vegas and if they get all the way to the stanley cup final against vegas you know what they'll probably be happy in toronto that you made it this far um, but I'm not sure I ever got an agreement or a disagreement with you on that assertion of mine that the Leafs only play as hard as they have to. Yeah, I, I would tend to lean towards agreeing with you because I think that um, they're not engaged the entire time, it feels like. You know, um, you wonder when they're going to be engaged and when they are and when the motor is going and the energy is there, and the effort is at 100, yeah, they can play with everybody, dictate, play and all the rest. But I feel like you say they sit back a lot and don't really turn it on unless they need to. And it can be a problem. And I think that's where, you know, Toronto hockey fans, you know, watch a Vegas or right now when you watch Edmonton or you watch Colorado play, they are going at 100 or close to it all the time. They don't always win, but their motor is always going. When the Lightning were having their success and getting to those Stanley Cups, the motor's always going. You never take a shift off right? And we don't get that out of Toronto. And that's frustrating to watch, but they do turn it on when they need to and find a way to win. And turns out in the end, yeah, that game was closer than it needed to be last night for a while. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, those thoughts. I think it's good to not have any vested bias towards the Leafs. I don't have any. And it's hard to get angry at a Kyle Dubas. It's hard to get angry at a Sheldon Keefe when they've assembled this talent on this team that's as good as anybody in the NHL. But it's not new. I go back to the bubble series and when they went in round one, wasn't it, against Montreal, a seven-game series? You remember at the time watching, I think you and I might have been together, but I remember us saying... They look disinterested. These are all the same guys for the most part, except Jack Campbell was the goalie. Now, they looked interested last night. They won 7-3 at the Rangers. And the reason I'm very confident in saying they only play as hard as they have to is because I saw that with my beloved God's team, the Regina Pats. We had a team in 2017 that went all the way to the league final. To be honest, it was a pro team. You might recognize some of the names, people. Sam Steele. Adam Brooks, Josh Mahura, Connor Hobbs. They were a pro team. All those guys went on to the NHL or pro, and they only played as hard as they have to. And it, it annoyed the hell out of me. And then they got up against the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL final, and I remember the scout saying to me, ah, uh, this ain't going to be good for the Pats. To be honest, it was like the first time I ever heard the term heavy. 
And I said, why? They said, Seattle plays a heavy game. I'm like, I don't really understand what that is. You, you will. And Seattle won in six games, and they celebrated in the Brand Center ice, and I was crying, and the Pats were crying, and everybody was crying. And it just reminds me how the Leafs season ended last year here in Florida. All their fans crying in the crowd. I was there. That's what happens. So, again, what do you... I, I don't what you're saying. So you're saying you wish that they would play a little more, take it a little more seriously? Like Colorado and Vegas? Those are two Western Conference teams. They play it different out there than this Atlantic division. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. And we see it all the time. The only team that doesn't seem to take games off or seems to have more of a consistent you know, effort and always be a threat is Boston. They're the one team that doesn't play like that when it comes to that Atlantic division and, and out east here. And by the way, look where they are. By yeah. the way, I'm glad you brought up the Bruins. Um, Al has written in on the 902 line, the Sober Carpenter text line. What a wonderful segue. Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers, the proud sponsor of our text line. Ask for them by name in your favorite beer, wine, and spirit store. Al in Regina writes, and he says, Hi, RP and DD. I like your show. Huge Bruins fan here. And after last year's record-setting regular season, sure made it a hard pill to swallow in the playoffs. Hope to see you both at Deer Valley in May of 2024 for another golf season. Thank you, Al. Thanks for watching. I, Al, I believe, is uh, one of the marshals out there. I, I'm sure that we'll be at Deer Valley this summer, but uh, I don't know what I'm doing this afternoon. So thanks and happy holidays and miss you, Al. You're a good man. Now, the breaking news from the NHL isn't breaking news since we went to air today, but Craig Berube is paying the price for the St. Louis Blues struggles this season. He was fired after Detroit beat St. Louis 6-4. The Blues have dropped four in a row and are below the 500 mark. He guided the Blues to their only Stanley Cup championship in 2019. And it kind of reminds me of um, how long we've been on the air with this show now in year five. Because I remember when he, do you remember when he took the Blues to the Stanley Cup final against Boston? I'll never forget. Whatever game it was in the Stanley Cup final, in the rink, I still call it the Sabbath Center, Keel Center. I don't know what it is now. And they're like, <laughs> they're introducing the Blues before the game. And the public address announcer, he's going through Jordan Bennington, starting in goal. Ba 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 ba. Braden Shen, Tyler Bozak. And then he, and interim head coach. Craig Berube. I'm like, he took over in November, guys. It's now the Stanley Cup final. Can we take interim off his name? And to be honest, that felt like last year. But as I look back, it's his sixth season with the Blues. So I guess what he, to me, it feels a little rash and fast. But I guess if you're in St. Louis and if you're Doug Armstrong, the general manager, you've seen enough. Does it seem hasty to you or not? Well, when I first saw it, yes. And actually, you know, I yeah. saw it. I didn't see it on my phone or on social. <clears throat> I'm watching SportsCenter, and they, and they were going through the highlights, and it was literally, and after the game, Craig Berube got fired. And that was it. They moved on. And to me, it felt like, yeah, it was hasty, because I'm with you. It feels like it was a season or two that he became a go, that he became the full-time head coach. And you know, those six years just fly by. And to be honest, six years, that's a pretty good run for a head coach. 
and eventually you decide that it's not working out. But for us who aren't in that market and St. Louis isn't a team grabbing national headlines on a daily basis, so we're not talking about them, it kind of quietly, they kind of quietly went about their business and it's not working out, so they're making a move. Yeah. Pardon me while I make some notes here, but um, hey, I'm going to stop for a second because I said that we would talk some football. I should not have looked at my phone because a sponsor from our other show, the Cats and Bolts podcast, has texted me, Scott from the Diamond Lab, proudly offering luxury lab-grown diamonds at 364A Palmetto Park Boulevard, downtown Boca Raton. Yeah, buddy. I read an article because I'm falling in love with Tommy DeVito. Like all of New York, the quarterback of the Giants. And so I was reading this article on his agent, Scott, uh, sorry, Sean Stellato, who a football guy this morning, I screenshotted the text and sent it to you. He's like, do you want DeVito's agent on your show? I got his number. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Stiletto, the guy from Monday Night Football, the fedora that I made fun of yesterday. My friend's like, yeah, I got his number. Let's get him on your show. Uh, so anyways, looks like that's going to hopefully happen. If He's probably the busiest guy in America right now. The agent for Tommy DeVito, the hottest young thing in the NFL. See if he's got some time for this little show. But I was reading this story, and I want to know your thoughts, man. This could help you, and it's definitely helped me. Tom DeVito, that's Tommy's dad, was interviewed in the New York Post, and he said that Tommy does not read text messages from anybody 24 hours prior to a game. Number one, I'm not even sure I could do that. I don't know that I could, but think about this for a second. He doesn't respond to any texts. I don't think he would read them 24 hours before a game. And I'm like, just try putting your phone away a little bit for like three, four hours before the show. And imagine what that would do for your focus. And I'm not waving my finger at anybody because I'm as bad as anybody. I'm worse than everybody. Tommy DeVito does not respond to any text messages an hour before a game and look at him. He's the hottest thing. Big upset on Monday Night Football. I didn't even know it was possible. And think about this. For one second, for all these young kids that attention spans are fried, if the teacher said, uh, leave your phones at the door of the classroom, you'd get a human rights lawsuit. How dare you say that we can't bring our phones into the locker room or the dressing room. But it's for your own good. I don't care. That's an infringement of my human rights. It should be my decision. That's kind of what the world is right now. So my guess is Tommy came up with that on his own. I am in love with Tommy DeVito. What do you think? I think it's pretty awesome. And well, you know what? It is a good thing. Shut your phone off. Don't feel a need to, you know, get back to every notification in the, in the instant seconds and just live in the world look around a little bit but imagine you know morning of the game text hey tommy just want to let you know bus is leaving at 10 not 10 30 and we're leaving from this corner not that corner tommy's sitting out there by himself where is everybody <laughs> but oh. no um clearly it's working the distractions are gone he needs to he is where he needs to be and gets where he needs to go and people understand and he's not worried about who needs tickets in the last second and who needs this and all these outside distractions that no doubt get in the way. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Let's just remember that until 2000, that's what we used to do, everybody. 
We didn't change the bus time. <laughs> Just so you know. We said it was leaving at 10.30. It's leaving at 10 frickin' 30. We didn't have to worry about tax. Maybe don't change it, and we'd all be fine. Um, by the way, and here's Dick breaking the breaking my plan. rule again. Just, I, yeah, it's, yeah, well, hey, what a novel idea. But, and they have a plan. But that sponsor's texting me, wants to know who's going to be on the show this week. He's deciding if he wants to come down and watch the show live. And I'm like, because now we've, we've spoiled everybody. We've had Dale Talon and Bill Lindsay and uh, Jeff Chikrin and Ed Jovanovsky. And as you know, Peter Worrell's on our hit list. And now they want to know, oh, I'm only coming if it's somebody I want to see. <laughs> I got to take a break before I explode. We got a lot to get to. A lot to get to. We'll be right back. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. As the flight, as the pilots say, we know you have a choice out there. So thanks for choosing us. Although there's not much doing what we do. Every single day, it's episode number 1141 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. And away we go. I'm here in rainy South Florida, where life is amazing. Darren is in Toronto, where life is amazing. And I hope it's amazing for everybody, wherever they're tuned in from live or via podcast, if that's cool. 902-518-3033 is the uh, Sober Carpenter text line. Again, ask for it by name at your favorite beer, wine, and spirits store. And, uh, yeah, hang on, Moose. I have, n I have not dared even step into the comments. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Let's just stay on track here. It's not, it's not audience takeover time. You see the Bet, Rick, uh, Bet Regal ticker going at the bottom of the screen. Sign up today for free at BetRegal.ca. I'm a mess. Headphones dropping <laughs> everywhere. Before I move on, do you have... Any thoughts on that opening segment before I completely swing it around in another thing? Well, we didn't dive in to the poll question. Um, you brought it up, put it out there uh, on who Canada's yeah. best team in the NHL is. But I think it's Vancouver. So I just want to put that out there. That's who got my vote, Vancouver. I think out of the group, I think Edmonton might be playing the best. Toronto might have the best roster of talent. But I think Vancouver is the best team in Canada right now. Winnipeg is there. They're playing really well. Very close. But I think Vancouver is the most consistently good of the group so far this year. I like it. 
Um, and that's the one thing. Hey, I, I've changed my mind over the last couple of weeks, and are you, I have a choice. Just to sit back and be bored until the playoffs or enjoy the journey. And if, you, if you're envisioning a long drive, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the scenery. Enjoy the stops along the way. Troy in Toronto writes in and he says, uh, having a bromance is just fine, Rod. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. But like I say, it's not like the NFL needed any feel-good stories. My God, I, I hope other leagues are paying attention to what the NFL is doing in every regard. They don't need storylines. This is just a great storyline that happened. I mean, who really knew? I'm one of those guys that went back and Googled Tommy DeVito and saw that he played at Syracuse and Illinois, transferred out of one to go to the other, undrafted from Livingston, New Jersey, wherever the hell that is. Well, it's 12 minutes away from the uh, Giants practice facility. I didn't know. I'm not a football scout. Lives with his parents. Eats his mom's chicken cutlets. That's how he got the nickname Tommy Cutlets. He's got the New York accent. He's Italian. It's a great New York story. And I'm not a New York guy at all. I'm a Florida guy. We got great stories down here too, but I just think it's a great, it's just a great New York thing. Mark, the beekeeper, writes in and says, hey, Rod, I've been Melford, and life here is amazing. That's where they do the Melford shuffle. You and I were there broadcasting the league final, as you know, in the SJ. Just before, we, we had some time to kill before the game, so we hung out by the pool. Remember that? That was fantastic. Those photos, Rod, uh, I should send it to Clark. They just literally popped up this week on, on my memories. You know, Google Photos shares memories with me. And that was one. You and I relaxed in those little beach loungers there with our coffee cups by the pool, the wave pool there in Malfort. Those were great times. Uh, Randy, oh, hang on. Well, my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, well, Troy in Toronto says, do the Blues even have a decent team to work with? Could the players, could be the players he's been given? Well, you said about Craig Berube being fired. And um, I see there's a story that moved across the wire just this morning that I'm dying to read. And it's about what happens between a team and a coach after they fire the coach. Because <laughs> it's out of control. Out of control right now in sports. I think we can all agree. I mean, I, I got a lot of friends in sports that they're happy with their job. They're just trying to fade into the woodwork and not stick out and just keep their job forever. Because it's too volatile. And what it's not then these are coaches that I'm talking about, but it doesn't matter what you do. You tell sell tickets in the box office, broadcaster, work in the marketing department. They're always looking for somebody to fire. If things aren't going well. And it, it sounds like Troy in Toronto thinks that it was a little hasty for the Blues too. But again, we don't watch the Blues. I haven't watched them play one game all year. I don't think I've watched two minutes of a game. Mark and Melford wants to see the photos by the pool, by the way. So just don't do it now. Don't go through your phone. I don't want to lose your attention. But maybe an hour or two, we can throw those photos up. But I've been thinking about... It's, 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 it's a very interesting thing with what Troy in Toronto says and Craig Berube being fired because the orders have won eight in a row. <laughs> 
I said to Serena this morning, I said, your Oilers have won eight in a row, and guess what? You're not even in a playoff spot. You know what her response was? Yet. And what really burnt my grits was I got up this morning and I had to watch the Bedard goal. The game didn't start till 10 o'clock last night, and no, I was not staying up to watch that game. Bedard, which incidentally, my next point of our points, Darren, is what's the future for the Chicago Blackhawks and Bedard, and we'll get to that. But anyways, it was like 25 after 6 a.m. today, and I'm waiting for the highlights to come up on the NHL network, and she's like, are you going to wait? have to wait over half an hour because they would have let off the NHL network with the other highlights. And I'm like, that's so arrogant of you, and the worst part was she was right. <laughs> I did lead off with that. The two Connors, the game of it, I couldn't even complain about and say she was wrong because she was right. So I guess, I guess that's the dovetail. And just to remind everybody, we're live on Game Plus Television, WQE Radio, podcast, Spotify, and YouTube Live. We are Atlanta's NHL show. I want to remind everybody, shout out Ryan O'Radio. We haven't forgot about you. But just with Bedard, um, I, I woke up to a text message from our good friend Jared Dumba, who's doing some work with us now on the sales side. He's like, did you stay awake to see the Bedard goal? And I'm like, no, I didn't. But I didn't, it didn't take long for me to find it. And for those, I'm sure all of Canada watching right now saw Bedard's goal in Edmonton last night. Literally was hiding in behind the defense is what I saw. Received the pass, snuck in alone, and sniped past Stuart Skinner. <laughs> Only goal for Chicago. Are you... Connor Bedard must be having PTSD, Darren. Literal, here we go again. He would never say it. He didn't say it in Regina that he was playing between two fire hydrants. But that's what's happening in Chicago, too. If Connor Bedard doesn't score, nobody scores. They lost 4-1. He scored the only goal. Literally, this is a recording. <laughs> I know. I know it is. Um, but what do you do? Like... What a goal. And to, in that moment, we said he would rise to the occasion, and he did. You know, three and a half minutes into the game, just flips. And the, and the defenseman was right on him. Like, he was in a phone booth and just, bang, right inside the post upstairs, beat Skinner with a laser of a shot. And it's just like, this kid just dropped the puck and then dropped the mic right away, three and a half minutes in. Like, it's unbelievable what he does. And, and yeah, they didn't do anything the rest of the game, and Edmonton ended up cruising to a win. But Connor did what he needed to do, but Ard, um, and to get on the stage and on the highlights, and uh, he is just fun to watch. But yeah, it's a lot of PTSD from what he dealt with in junior. Um, they're going to have wow. to find a way to surround him with some players. Told you, everybody, that that's going to be a lot of hockey today. Big hockey day. I told you all, and I hope you're enjoying it. I got a lot of friends in Alberta that have been writing me going, I sure love the hockey shows. I'm like, so do I. Thank you. And this is a total other topic, and this is going to take us two full hours to get through everything here. But I will say one thing. Um, you know my gang of friends that I went to Pat's games with. We would sit up in the suites and eat Twizzlers together, and we had the best old time. But we don't do that anymore because I don't live there anymore. And guess who those guys were last night? I could send you the photos. They were in Edmonton in a suite eating Twizzlers wearing Blackhawks jerseys. Because they went up to see Connor Bedard. And they're not Pat season ticket holders anymore. It's just things change and times change and people move on. But Serena said one time, she goes, I would rather go to one Oilers game 
than spend my money on season tickets for a junior team. And by the way, she loves junior hockey. On her keychain is an Oiler, or a Pat's keychain from 20 years ago. She loves junior hockey. For me, I would rather go to the 36 nights of junior hockey. But that really got me thinking that not everybody thinks that way. For one night versus 36, to me, it's not even a question, but it'd be a, it'd be a boring world if we all looked at things the same way. I agree. I'd rather go to different games and different leagues and spread your time around a little bit um, than just go to one NHL game. But I'm a, I'm a, as you know, it's and not or. I'd rather do both, right? And my time allows me to go to different games and different leagues, so I'll try and do both. But I, if I had to choose, I would take the junior games over one NHL game. Yeah, well, and that's me. I mean, I, I had a lot of friends here this past week, like 60 of them in South Florida, and they asked if I was going to the Dolphins game, and I'm like, um, I go to one a year, which is a whole other thing. You go to a Panthers game, they're giving you bobbleheads, they're giving you flags, they're giving you toques for 50 bucks. Florida Panthers, not joking. Dolphins, I paid 50% off $500 in a suite, and what that got me was all the Diet Coke I could drink and pretzels. That's it. And it's like, you better be damn lucky that you're here. You better feel lucky that you're here. That's just the difference between the NFL and NHL in this market. Some's got to work real hard to get you in the building and with cheap tickets, and others don't got to work that hard at all. That's a topic. That's a TED topic. TED talk for another day. <laughs> But Wayne in Victoria says, Connor Bedard needs some help in Chicago. I know every first round number one picks go to bad teams, but he still needs help. Troy in Toronto says, it's so entertaining watching Bedard. He is far surpassing what I thought he could do in the NHL with the talent he has to play with. Thank you, Troy. And that's the thing. It's in my commentary today. They signed Corey Perry and Taylor Hall to help him out. Where the hell are he? Are they? Sorry. And Dale Talon on our Cats and Bolts podcast last week, the former GM of the Blackhawks and the Panthers. That's why we have the hockey analysts on, folks. Dale pointed out, those guys are gone. He's the only talent on the team. Like, the only talent. So now other teams are focusing on him more, and he's still scoring at 18. And by the way, he hasn't missed a game, which is another Bedard trait. He doesn't miss games. He doesn't get hurt. So... We only got a minute here. We'll have to push this to next hour. But the, they're all saying we got, they got to get him help. Even here in Florida, because people now know that I'm the hockey guy, they're like, poor Bedard. And what are they going to do? They got to get rid of him. They got to get him out of there. I'm like, would you say that if you had a prized dolphin player? We got to get two out of here, man. He's struggling. <laughs> no, you want to surround him with players. And somebody wrote me that Leaf fan that I was saying, I was talking to, he goes, players will want to come there to play with Bedard. So he got nothing to worry about. Do you agree? I agree. It's going to take a little time, but slowly more players will want to come play with him. They'll see what the, he's doing. And I think it could be an attractive place for free agents. I really do. And I think they'll be fine long-term. Darren, I didn't even get through half my topics. So we'll see you in hour two. We'll continue the chat. You bet. See you then. 
ESPN Cincinnati's Mo Egger, our good friend, joins us next. We're, we are big in Ohio on the Buckeye cable system, which I know is pumped into Mo's house on Game Plus Television. We're also on the radio in Atlanta, where we are Atlanta's NHL show, WQEE. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless, or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain? It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me or email petersonrecovery at AOL.com. It's never too late. Pausing the hockey talk on this Wednesday to talk a little NFL. Jake Browning threw two touchdown passes and ran for a score in his second straight outstanding performance for the Cincinnati Bengals who pounded the Indianapolis Colts 34-14 Sunday in week 14. I don't know if Mo Eggers tired of talking about it or not. He joins us from ESPN Cincinnati Radio. Hey, Mo, good to see you. What's on your mind? Something I can tell. What? Well, I, I thought you were bringing me in to talk hockey. I, I, I guess there was miscommunication. <laughs> I thought I was being brought in to talk hockey. What's the oh, so we'll talk Jake Browning instead. Uh, the Cincinnati Cyclones, yeah, one of the ECHL's great success stories. Yeah, we won the Kelly Cup in 2008 and 2010. Absolutely. How about that? I love it. He dropped a we, everybody. He dropped a we. You refer to the Bengals as we, by the way, do you? No, I, 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 I don't, but I'm not going to say, I don't as a rule, but I'm not going to say that I haven't. How's that? Okay. That's cool. Do you carry the uh, Cyclones games on your radio, on your fine radio station? We don't. Uh, we, we, we don't, we don't, we used to back in the day, you know, back in the day we had two minor league hockey teams. Cincinnati's hockey tradition, actually, I was thinking of Barry Melrose played for the Cincinnati Stingers back in the 70s. Uh, How about we, that? We go back to the early, yeah, we had the, the Mohawks, we had the Stingers, but in, in, the, in, the, in the mid-2000s, we had two teams. We had the Cincinnati Mighty Ducks, obviously an Anaheim Mighty Ducks affiliate, and, and now we've, we have the Cyclones. The Cyclones in the 90s, when they were an IHL team, were some of the most fun games to go to Quite frankly, now they play in a building that's a little bit too big for an ECHL team. But Cincinnati's hockey history is not insignificant. Well, listen, bro, I brought you on just because we like talking to you. So I'm going to the uh, I'm going <laughs> no, to the big board the right one. now. No, I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to the big board right now because I think my guy Dennis Subchuck, some will believe, the, is the greatest Regina Pat ever. That's a hockey team. Okay. Uh, was the Regina first million-dollar player. Yeah, Cincinnati Yeah, Cincinnati Stingers in 1976 signed a million-dollar contract with the Cincinnati Stingers. Look it up. He was hockey's first million-dollar player, Dennis Sobchuk, from Lang, Saskatchewan, seven miles from my hometown. How about that? Anyways, 
Yeah, just go look that up in your town. All right. So Mark Messier so played for the Stingers. Browning. Mike Gardner played for the Stingers. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about Jake Browning. I get it. I get it. I keep getting him mistaken with Kurt Browning, an infamous figure skater of Olympic fame yeah. from Canada. But this Jake Browning is not that. Did you see this coming? No. Uh, now, you could have convinced me that Jake Browning was going to be good enough for the Bengals' offense to function well enough for them to be competitive and win football games. I think anybody who said they saw him and the Bengals scoring 68 points in consecutive weeks in games that they had to win, uh, they're lying to you. He has been He has been terrific, and not only has he been terrific, but I think the coaching staff has been terrific. And 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 look, Jake made his first start against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was fine. He wasn't great. He threw a big pick in that game. But I think relative to what you expected, he was fine. I think what was really in the crosshairs after that game was, well, they didn't run the ball that effectively. They didn't run the ball all that much. And the coaching staff didn't do Jake Browning any favors. The last two games... I think they've done a great job of giving him a chance to succeed. Uh, they have used the running game. Now, you know, okay, every team wants to run the ball, but they've run it differently. They've used Chase Brown, a guy they drafted from Illinois last year who didn't carry the ball at all against Pittsburgh. He's been featured the last two games, uh, took a 54-yard screen pass to the house in the game against the Indianapolis Colts. We've seen more variety to their running game. They also, I think, against Jacksonville, if you watched that game last Monday, you saw a coaching staff that said to Jake, all right, we're going to throw some short passes, get you comfortable, and then over the final three quarters, we're going to let you unleash the football and throw it wherever you want and throw deep and make plays, and he did that. Uh, what they have done has been, I think, nothing short of miraculous if you watched Jake's first start when it it felt like, God, this offense, it's going to operate in a phone booth and nobody's doing him any favors. After the Pittsburgh game, which was Jake's first start, everybody counted them out. And now here we are two games later. They're seven and six. Jake is playing well. And the slate in front of them involves four teams that either have backup quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, or in the case of Patrick Mahomes, crybaby quarterbacks. How about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you're an AFC guy, so clearly you don't like Mahomes, period. But, I mean, we had a lot of talk on this show. Probably yours did, too, over the call. I mean, I've been in football a long time. A lot of times there's a grace, yeah. a buffer window. <clears throat> now, that's Canadian football where you get a yard off the ball in the States. You don't. But clearly you think the right call was made and the Chiefs were just crying about it. Yes. Yeah, the right call was made. The Canarius Tony lined up off sides. There's, there's no subjectivity to this. This isn't roughing the passer or pass interference or even holding where you could, well, you know, God, is, is, that, is that really pass interference? You either line up offside or you don't. Canarius Tony did. Uh, and the argument that, well, you don't make that call at that stage in the game, that's not the job of an officiating crew. You hear this all the time in sports. The job of, of an official is to apply the correct rules, make the correct rulings, independent of who's playing or where in the game we are. Uh, the correct call was made. And look, I, I get Patrick Mahomes, who I, I don't dislike, but I, I get Patrick Mahomes in the immediate aftermath Right after it happened, it's an emotional game. He's frustrated. He's upset. They've had some calls go against them that, that he had a legitimate beef about. I understand it there. But first of all, to be like complaining to Josh Allen, what's, what does he want Josh Allen to do? 
okay, bro, you're right. <laughs> what does he want him to do? And then for him to sound off after the game and sound like this bratty, aggrieved little toddler, I know he's walked back some stuff and he gets credit for that. But I just, I thought that was a bad look for a guy who is one of the faces of this league. Well, uh, Andy Reid said the NFL should be embarrassed by that call. Last I heard, I don't think he's been disciplined, i.e. fine for that. No. Will he, or does he get a pass because he's Andy Reid? Uh, I don't know, and I, I, I got I don't care. I mean, if, you know, whatever. It, it is the fine going to impact? I, I don't believe Andy Reid or anybody else should be suspended. I think that would be insane. I, you know, I, I sort of feel like it's dumb to fine coaches and players. If you're going to require them to speak, then you should expect them and want them to speak truthfully. And so, Andy Reid, I, I disagreed with his perspective, but I, I've always felt like players and coaches, as long as they're not making it personal, and questioning a call or talking about how bad the officiating is to me that's not making it personal if you're going to ask people to speak if you're going to require people to make themselves available then you should want them to be transparent and honest and truthful and if they are you shouldn't punish them for that so i'm opposed to andy reed what he said i'm certainly against what patrick mahomes said i don't really believe philosophically that coaches and players should be fined when they criticize officiating well, I don't, but they still do get fined. <laughs> so, yes, yes, I mean, I broadcast yes. games for 30 years, man. Like I was, there was, there was nobody ripping refs more than me. Um, Vikings at Bengals. Looks like the Bengals got to prepare for another new quarterback who I have no idea who it is. What's your preview for this week 15 game? Well, it's Nick Mullins, uh, Minnesota using their fourth quarterback of the season. The shine has worn off uh, Josh Dobbs. I think this game is going to be decided by Minnesota's defense. Uh, are they going to be good enough to allow them to overcome now their deficiencies on offense? It certainly helps Nick Mullins uh, that Justin Jefferson is going to play. I think to a degree, this is one of those games that when the season started, you said, okay, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Jamar Chase in the same game with Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is better than Kirk Cousins, but here are going to be two of the preeminent wide Wide receivers in the sport who went to the same school with their starting quarterbacks throwing to them. That's going to be a lot of fun. And and now it, you certainly don't feel like either player is an afterthought, but this sort of feels to me like a game that's going to be decided by other factors. Can Cincinnati continue to gouge teams on the ground with the screen game? Can they continue to be productive running the football? And can the Bengals defensively impose their will against a substandard offense? You know, the Bengals defense this year, you know, we, we talk all the time about how philosophically they bend, but they don't break. Sometimes they've bent too much. The Minnesota Vikings scored three points, th three points last week. Uh, this is a defense that uh, this is a defense that at home should be able to hold down Minnesota enough to allow Jake Browning to get to 17 to 20 to 21 points. And if that happens, I think the Bengals win. And they are then we are really talking about their playoff chances, which three weeks ago we completely counted them out. No kidding. Well, I'll tell you what, Mo, I did not have Mike Gartner nor Mark Messier on my bingo card of people to chat with with you today. <laughs> so thank you for that. I like the unpredictability. Yeah, sure. And uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thanks for the time, bro. I might come down there and visit you. It's uh, 31 degrees outside right now. I'll just come down, spend New Year's. We'll hang out. We'll hit the town. Hot. I'll be here. I'll be here, Mo, waiting for you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sounds good. Mo right, from ESPN Cincinnati joining us uh, talking what league? WHA.
and NFL. We got a sports update coming up next, an audience takeover. Jason Greger from Sports 1440 Edmonton, an hour two. We are live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. All right, we're going to jump into a sports update, get to as many viewer comments as we can, and then let you go and get ready for hour two. We're going to start with curling. How about that? Brendan Botcher scored three deuces in a 7-3 victory over Aaron Sluchinski Tuesday night at the Grand Slam of Curling's WFG Masters. In other late games at Merlis Belcher Place in Saskatoon, Brad Gushu beat Saskatoon's Mike McEwen 9-5. Switzerland's Yannick Schwaller defeated American Corey Dropkins 6-3. Scotland's Ross White topped Norway's Magnus Remsfeld 8-5. Action continues through Friday night at Merlis Belcher Place. From the dub! Place line, Prince Albert. Sloan Stanek scored a goal and added a helper as the Prince Albert Raiders down the Kamloops Blazers 3-1 in WHL play Tuesday. In Moose Jaw, Andrew Crystal knocked in the game-winning goal at 11.52 of the third period, and the Rockets edged the Moose Jaw Warriors 2-1. Isn't Andrew Crystal been playing for the Rockets for like 10 years? The sports update is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. And for Landmark Cinemas, in Landmark Cinemas now, Silent Night from legendary director John Woo and the producer of John Wick comes this gritty revenge tale of a tormented father who witnesses his young son die when caught in a gang's crossfire on Christmas Eve. Silent Night redefines the action genre with visceral thrill-a-minute storytelling. And there's not a spoken word in it the whole movie. I was there on the weekend, just so you know. Imagine a movie where the, they don't say a word. And it's a shoot 'em up gang-style L.A. film. Yeah, just go check it out. Tell me what you think after. Uh, last minute of play in hour one. Sober Carpenter text line is open. Not quite okay. 902-518-3033. See a lot of people checking in for the first time today. The breaking news of today is Craig Berube fired as head coach of the St. Louis Blues. It actually came down last night, I guess, hours after the Blues 6-4 loss to Detroit. Uh, Northside YEG writes in. He's got a take on the Oilers. Where did it go? Well, Glenn Baumbach says, Paul Coffey has put his mark on the D. Yeah, well, I would say so. I said the same thing shortly after he was hired, that he would be a great addition, and I was mocked soundly for it. I got the receipts. Right, Clark? It's on our Facebook page. Everybody mocking me for saying Paul Coffey was going to be a great hire by the orders. Now they've won eight in a row. Coffey getting the credit. What's the intro? What was the intro? People realizing after a long time that I'm right, and they never come back and say, sorry, Rod, you were right. But we know it. Hour two coming up after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio.